Welcome to the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I am here to get you empowered, inspired, and excited to take your next solo travel adventure. Every week, we're going to share tips, we're going to dive into destinations, we're going to talk with other experts all about solo travel so you can learn ways to make the most out of your next adventure. So thank you for joining us. Enjoy this episode. Hello, solo travelers. Welcome to episode three of the Solo Travel Woman podcast. Today, we are going to talk all about how to choose the perfect destination for your upcoming solo travel adventure. You know, with 195 different countries to choose from and all the cities and towns you can visit within those countries, choosing a destination is not always the easiest. It is a hard decision and you want one that's aligned with, you know, your comfort levels, like how you feel about safety and how comfortable you are. And also one that maybe is, you know, special to you or a part of why you're traveling. You know, I've picked destinations because it's where my family's from. And so you really want to make sure you take your time to pick the perfect destination. And I hope some of the tips I'm going to share today will really help you do that. So for me, the first thing that helps me decide on where I want to go is knowing my why. You know, why do I want to travel? What does the trip mean to me? And Am I looking to visit tourist sites or do I want to immerse myself in the culture? Am I looking for an experience where I can travel like a local? These are all questions you should be asking yourself to help you pick your destination. So a lot of times my why is to challenge myself. I like to go to places that aren't the most attainable. You know, for me, going to London or going to Paris or going somewhere in like Eastern Europe is very much a place that to me seems attainable. It seems like something you don't need to put a lot of thought into when you go to there. Um, And now that's just me. You know, for other people, it's not as attainable. However, going to places like South America and when I went to Peru and I went and hiked the Inca Trail and did that whole trek to Machu Picchu, that's not as attainable in my opinion. That's something I had to train for and work for and really get myself mentally and physically prepared to do. And so knowing my why and knowing your why so you can choose your destination is extremely important. I went to Machu Picchu shortly after my father passed away. And although it was a trip I had planned prior before even knowing he was going to leave us, I'm so glad I planned it when I did. I truly think it was a weird blessing in disguise. It was almost as if subconsciously I knew um, that he was going to leave us prior to this trip. And this trip happened to take place over his birthday. And so it would have been the first birthday without him. And, you know, that's an emotional in and of itself. And this allowed me to, in a way, distract myself from the grievance that I would be feeling that day. But it gave me something, it it really empowered me. I was on that hike. And at one point, I 
was going to give up. <laughs> it was day two. We were doing the insane, you know, incline up over this mountain. And you get to this point called Dead Woman's Pass. And as you're getting close to there, you know, you're going through cloud forest and this and that. And an area where you typically wouldn't think you'd see a butterfly because it's quite cold. <laughs> um, I, I really wanted to give up. I was, I was in so much pain. I was tired. I had never, you know, pushed my body to these limits before. And all of a sudden, this white butterfly flew right in front of me as I was like crying. And this is no joke. And I swear that was my father. And he was with me in spirit and just ready to, you know, help me persevere and get through this mission. And whatever you believe in, you might think I'm a little cuckoo for saying that, but I truly believe I was meant to go on this excursion and meant to challenge myself in this way after he was gone so he could be there with me. And so really knowing internally why you're trying to do something or why you're choosing to go where you want to go, I think is one of the most important things. So other reasons, you know, and other things you should be looking at when you, when you're choosing your destination. One big one, you know, besides your why is can you actually go to that destination? You know, there are some countries that do restrict tourist access to their borders. Make sure you do that research and learn if you are able to enter the country and really what procedures need to be followed to obtain a visa or any other type of documentation before entering. I know coming from the States, there is some countries that we can't necessarily go to. And, you know, you want to make sure you're aware of that and you're taking that into consideration as you're researching. Also, as a general rule, make sure your passport is, as at, is in at least six months out from the date of your travel. If not, get a new one. Okay, that's super important. It seems to be a general rule of thumb no matter where you go, and it'll just save you a lot of headache. You know, last week, we talked about the B word, budgeting. That is also very important when you're choosing your destination. If a place is more luxurious and you don't have the money for it right, right away, you might want to choose a different destination or postpone your trip a little bit. So making sure you know what your budget is and the amount you have to spend will go very far in the destination you're choosing. So plan out that budget and see, okay, this is, this is where I can afford. Maybe that's your driving factor. You're going, you really want to take a vacation. You want to go somewhere new. You don't really care where it is. You just want it to be something that you enjoy and you can afford. So remember to also look at currency exchanges. Don't just say I have X American dollars to take me on a trip. Okay, cool. But if you're going to Europe, those American dollars won't go as far than if you're going to Thailand. So really make sure you're looking at what that currency exchange is. And like I said on that app, mini episode, my favorite currency exchange app is the XE currency converter. That's really going to help you as you plan out what, you know, what budget you have as you're moving forward with your destination. Weather. Weather is also super, super important. It's the middle of winter, you know, in the States and you are wanting to take a vacation. Well, do you want to go somewhere just as cold or do you want to go somewhere that is warmer and more inviting and relaxing? Weather plays an important role in deciding where you want to travel and how you need to pack. You know, make sure you're okay with the temperatures and the elements that are going to be before you pick a destination. 
Um, if you're looking to travel to Germany to visit the amazing holiday markets they have, you're going to want to fully understand those weather conditions and what you're going to have to pack for. Also, take into consideration the times of year you're traveling. You know, the last place you want to be in the middle of August to December is in locations in the Caribbean or, you know, southern Florida, things like that, because it is hurricane season. I'm not saying you can't travel there. I've definitely gone to the Caribbean during those times. Just be more cautious and just know to have that emergency uh, budget stash because there could possibly be the potential of your vacation either getting delayed or you getting stuck somewhere because it's hurricane season. So nothing to, you know, deter you from going to those areas during specific times. However, just keep that in mind. Have that always be, a you know, in your back pocket. And it could be what helps you choose what destination you're going to at a specific time of the year. Holidays are also super important. So different countries and cultures place an importance on many different holidays. You know, some you're not going to be familiar with. I'm not familiar with every holiday and every religious holiday that's out there or every cultural holiday that's out there. So make sure you're researching what holidays may be occurring during your travel date so you can plan accordingly. There are some holidays in some countries where you might not be able to shop. You might not be able to, you know, go to certain restaurants. You might not be able to, maybe you have to fast. Like, you know, you really, this goes back to the when in Rome situation, if you're in somebody else's country, you need to respect their culture. And holidays play a big role in a person's culture. Um, so knowing what holidays are taking place and what that means for you is extremely important. You would, I would hate for you to go somewhere. It'd be a holiday that you are prevented from doing a lot of the touristy things. Maybe things are closed in honor and recognition of that holiday. Well, you just wasted your trip then. So you want to make sure, unless you're going for that holiday and for that reason, so you really want to make sure that you're, you know, planning accordingly with that. So once you pick your destination, okay, you also want to see what type of actual trip do you want to take? Um, th- I'm going to loop this into this episode because I do think it kind of goes hand in hand because some destinations are more about, you know, tourist sites. Some are more about diving into the culture. Some are more about, I just want to lay on a beach get a tan, drink some pina coladas, and have a lounging great time. So I think this goes hand in hand with choosing your destination is what type of actual trip style do you want to take? And it's not, there's a lot out there. It's not as simple as you think, actually. It's not just, do I do excursions or do I not? There's many different types of trips you can take. So There's independent trips and then there is organized trips. But what falls into those categories are a few different types of of vacation types. So there's short stop trips. Those are independent trips that usually are like three nights per location. Any less usually feels way too rushed, but any more, you're not really allowing yourself time to hop around to different, different destinations. And you really want to also at least have enough time to learn about where you're visiting. So let's say you're planning travel for 10 days. You really don't want to visit more than three different locations if you're going to do a short stop type of independent trip. Long-term trips, obviously, 
much longer of a stay. That can last anywhere from a month or longer. Pace is generally slower. You are spending more time immersing yourself in the culture of where you are traveling to. I was in Peru for almost a month. Now it wasn't planned. I was only supposed to be there for a little over two weeks and a hurricane hit the States and I ended up being stuck there for an extra 11-ish days, which definitely not complaining. Um, but it gave me more time to really have fun, immerse myself in the culture, wind down from that lovely trek I took to Machu Picchu and just really, really get to know where I was. There's also hub and spoke trips. So what a hub and spoke trip is, is you focus on one area as your hub. So your home base, your destination, where your hotel is, where you're staying or your hostel or Airbnb. And then you take day trips to different areas outside of your hub, which is called your spokes. So let's say you're staying in London. Okay, but then you're going to take a day trip to the Cotswolds or maybe take a day trip to, I don't know, another countryside area or take a day trip to Wales. You know, so London's your hub and all those different locations you're going to go to are your spokes. Then you have immersive travel. So this is where you're really going to sink in to a location and immerse yourself into the culture and local customs. I mean, heck, you might even find yourself becoming a regular at a local cafe. (laughs) This is where it kind of goes hand in hand with long term. Definitely to have a more immersive experience, you want to be somewhere longer and have a slower pace of travel. But you can travel long term and not be immersive. Maybe that's just not your style of travel. Immersive travel is really where you're going to get to know the locals and take part in different cultural activities and, you know, actually spend time as if you live there. I, um, when I was in Peru and I was there those extra couple days, I made so many friends at the local coffee shop that was around the block from my hotel because I went there every morning from break- for breakfast. By the time I was leaving, they knew my name and it was amazing. <laughs> um, I absolutely loved that feeling. And now I'm sure if I went back today, they would have no idea who I was. <laughs> it was so cool at that time. I felt like I belonged and I felt like I was part of the culture there. And I felt like th- th- this was my place. You know, this is where this is where I was meant to be. So these immersive trips are definitely a ton, a ton of fun. And I actually want to take that time to dive a little deeper into, you know, when it comes to immersive trips and to, you know, share some tips. And, you know, we'll go into deeper conversations about cultural immersion in the future. But to have an immersive trip, what does that actually look like? You know, there's many ways to experience the culture and way of life in a destination that you're traveling to. However, many of us only focus on the top tourist sites and maybe checking out the best restaurants. And we really don't engage with the local life and people. And you really want to avoid this. You know, go in, have an open mind and really immerse yourself. Art, dance, food. These are all different ways that people express their culture. And these are all different things that are unique to different cultures. And so if you could take part in different areas of those, you will find yourself really immersing yourself. So different cultural experiences largely define individual cultures and customs. Like I said, food, music, language, dance. So book an experience with a local to engage in these areas is a great way to learn a country's past 
and present. Some of my most memorable experiences are doing this. I actually, when I was in Greece, I went to the island of Crete and I went to a local family's vineyard, stomped grapes, canned my own katamala olives, I had breakfast with them. It was the best time. This was an experience that really let me see what the day-to-day life was in that area. And so I definitely suggest taking part in different activities that allow you to also experience this wherever you're traveling. Shopping at local markets is also a big way to get a firsthand look at the life of where you are. They're the center of a community, you know, from food to crafts and so much more. They are often the best representation of local cuisine as well. You could see the local fruits and produce and anything else that's like really popular in the area. Plus, when you support these local markets, you're supporting local merchants and families. And it's a great it's really a great way to give back and put money into the country's economy and help out the locals. Um Peru, I talk about Peru a lot because it was probably one of the most immersive experiences I've ever been through. And their market was so much fun. We bartered. We I learned how to like ask for things in Spanish so much more. And it was just the best time. And boy, was it packed. It was so packed, but it was so, so fun. And I know in other countries, markets are very popular. I have friends that have gone to Japan and had the best time shopping in markets. Um, Vietnam, um, on my solo travel woman series and Instagram live, I did, I had one of my friends on there and she talked about Vietnam and going to the markets and that's where she would get food and stuff. And it was just, to me, that's so cool. Uh, where you stay also matters. And we've talked about that before in the travel safety episode, you know, I personally tend to stay in more touristy areas just because traveling alone, I like to be in more populous areas where a police station is nearby, this and that. However, also you can find bed and breakfast or things like that in those areas that help you kind of dive into a culture more because yes, big luxurious hotels and resorts kind of put up a barrier and block you from really experiencing the culture. So staying at a bed and breakfast or doing the couch surfing Um, And, you know, staying at someone's home rather than a hotel or hostel can definitely help you and remove that barrier. But again, that one is more of a personal preference. I have not stayed at someone's home. Um, I've done bed and breakfasts and Airbnbs and stuff, but I've never personally couch surfed. Um, I don't know if I would feel comfortable with that, but some people are not like me, obviously. And maybe that's something that you've done or you'd be totally down to do. Um, I definitely can see, though, how staying in those type of locations, you're going to be with someone who lives there. So that immersive experience is just going to go hand in hand. Learning the language. We've talked about this, I think, on almost every episode so far. Learning the language is important. You don't have to speak fluently, but take time to learn some key phrases and things like that, and that's going to help you get around. So those are independent trips and, you know, I know I went off on a little tangent there to talk about cultural immersion. I just figured it fit really well with, you know, that type of independent trip to explain more about what that meant. So now let's look at the other side, organized trips. So maybe you want to travel solo, but you're not ready to be 1000% on your own and you want to travel solo somewhere, but be put in a tour group and you'll meet friends that way and you're still by yourself, you know, 100%. Don't discredit that. However, it's just a little bit more organized. So you don't have to put a lot of thought into what you're doing, where you're going, how do you get there, so on and so forth. So there's quite a few different types of organized trips you can take. So there's escorted tours, which is where you meet up with a group of travelers, 
follow a pre-planned itinerary with a guide, and it's really a great way if you're new to solo travel or if you are younger and you don't have time to plan out your itinerary, or maybe you just want to get your toes wet in solo travel. And, you know, eventually you'll do it completely on your own. But this is a good way to see if it's something you can tolerate and something you can handle. And so I highly recommend for anyone new to try out the escorted tours. I think they're great. So companies like Contiki, that's for 18 to 35 year olds. That's an amazing company to use for these type of trips. You are solo but you are put into a group of other solo travelers. So it's like you meet people with things in common right away. uh, Trafalgar, that's another one. That's for any age. Um, There's no age limitation there. I think you have to at least be 10. Um, But it goes as, you know, old as as you want. Resorts also, um, not necessarily an organized trip, but it's organized in the sense that if you're looking for a trip that's focused on relaxation and one that typically includes everything, food, beverages, on-site activities, then you might want to settle on a resort-style vacation, especially if you're going to the Caribbean or places with all-inclusive. You really don't have to leave your resort for anything if you do not want to. If you are someone who's literally just like, I'm going away to just relax on a beach enjoy the enjoy the sun and the water and I don't want to talk to people I just want to chill perfect trip for you is a resort all-inclusive so on and so forth um I personally once in a while I love resort trips I talk to everyone and I do venture off the resort but I do like the thought of not having to think so much and just being able to relax unwind and do my own thing cruises, um, they've become much more solo travel friendly over the years. It's not something I would have suggested a few years back, but they have now cruises that are geared towards solo travelers. You're able to meet people easily because you're all in the same area. And then you have access to multiple different destinations. So that's kind of a cool way and a more unique way now to embark on solo travel. Untours. So this is kind of interesting. It's a new style of travel. It's great when you don't have time to really research accommodations and you want the help of coordinating flights and airport transportation and you want options, but you want to travel on your own. So everything's planned out for you, but you kind of hang out by yourself and you do things on your own. Um, It's another really good way if you're new to solo travel and you just don't want to take the time to research anything. It's just not your forte. This is one of those ways um, that you can you can go about that. And then there's self-guided organized tours. (laughs) This is where every detail is planned out for you completely your itinerary, everything. So a lot of this is like hiring someone like me, an agent to help you. I would plan out every single nut and bolt detail for you, but you go on the trip by yourself. So you're not, it's organized in the sense that everything is prearranged, booked, ready to go, but you are alone. You're doing your thing. Nobody, you're not with a group. You're not with a tour, so on and so forth. So I hope that some of these different tips on picking in the right destination and the right type tour type that you want to experience helps you because I know one of the most intimidating things when embarking and really starting your solo travel journey is, okay, what do I do (laughs) now? What, how do I, how do I even pick where I want to go and what I want to see? And I hope some of these tips really, really help you. And the biggest one, like I said, is really knowing your why, why you're even doing this. Why do you want to experience a destination or another culture? So let me know if these tips helped you. I hope to see you on the next episode and take care guys.
Thank you so much for listening to the Solo Travel Woman podcast. Please be sure to follow us on Apple Music and Spotify and give us a rating so we know how you're enjoying the content. Also, don't forget, sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with the latest information from Solo Travel Woman. Thank you.